You're listening to the 49 Carats Podcast, a 49ers goldmine production with Stephanie Sanchez. What's going on, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the 49 Carats Podcast. I am your host, Steph, and ladies and gentlemen, we are officially in game week, game week mode. The 49ers play in five days, and what I'm going to be doing today is previewing the 49ers defense, how they match up with the Bears offense. So before I do that, now that we're in the regular season, thought it'd be good to get back into the mode of bringing back all the old 49 Carat podcast segments. And so without further ado, I'm going to just start with the first one. If you guys have followed 49 Carats podcast for a long time, you already know some of these. The first one is this week in 49ers history. I pretty much just talk about a tidbit that happened you know, this week in 49ers history is literally what it sounds like. So the the one that I got for you today is Jerry Rice related. Okay. So the GOAT Jerry Rice, he scored three touchdowns on Monday night football against the Raiders in the 1994 season opener, surpassing Jim Brown's record of most career touchdowns scored. Jerry Rice still holds that record, by the way. He has 33 more touchdowns than any other player in league history. Got to give it up to the GOAT. So that happened uh, yesterday, I believe, in 1994. Uh, Yesterday's date in 1994, I should say. Another one, another little tidbit. In 2005, Jerry Rice announced his retirement from the NFL. That one's a bit of a sad one. But he retired because he found out that he was going to be the fourth uh, a wide receiver on the Seahawks depth chart. So he's like, nah, I'm out. Like, goat things right there. So shout out to Jerry Rice, the goat. What's going on, everyone? Thank you so much for joining me today. What's going on, Mariah? Listen to Mariah. She said, hit that like button. And I have to say really quickly, you guys surpassed my uh 30 like goal in our last video we almost hit 35 likes on the last video so let's see if we can hit 35 likes on this one uh we we can hit the goal i believe in us all right let's run it up let's get those likes up let's go appreciate you guys all right let's go all right so before i go into the preview i got some 49ers news as well to talk about Let's look at that really quickly because it has been a while since I've talked to you guys, right? It was a Labor Day weekend. You know, I took some time off, didn't really do any lives. So let me go over some news that we heard since the last time that I went live. John Lynch said the team is talking to a few players about extensions. You guys hear about that? Uh, do you guys have any guesses what players he might be talking about? I mean, the, the low-hanging fruit there is Nick Bosa, right? They definitely are going to want to talk extension with Nick Bosa. Now, whether or not they've already started those discussions, I don't know. It, it could be. It very well could be. There's going to be a lot of, of back and forth on that one, I could imagine. But some other candidates that you know might be in discussion about extensions, Jimmy Ward. I know he's hurt right now, but... That, from a business standpoint, might actually be a great time, actually, to uh, talk about extensions because, you know, if you're thinking from the football team perspective, you're thinking, okay, he's a little bit cheaper now that he's hurt. 
and then you can start the, ext- the extension talk. Jimmy Ward is someone who I would love for him to be a 49er for his entire career. Um, and so I hope that extensions are in the works with Jimmy Ward. Emmanuel Mosley is another candidate. Dre Greenlaw, Aziz Al-Shayer. There's a lot of names that potentially, but I'm curious to know what you guys think. Say it in the comments who you think the 49ers are in extension talks with. Look, Jimmy Garoppolo, he's back in the fold, okay? He started practicing with the team again last week. Uh, it looked a little weird. I'm not going to lie to you. It looked strange, especially knowing that he's the RB2, right? Um, but, I mean, we're just going to have to get used to it. But you know who else was at practice? Trent Williams, he was back last week, so he's good to go. Debo Samuel and Eric Armstead were back this week. Um, at practice so that is a good sign that both of those guys are going to be out there week one and uh, Dante Johnson he signed to the practice squad I know the running joke is Dante Johnson when he was cut from 53 uh, before 53 I should say uh, everyone was like he, he'll be back and that's like the running joke and lo and behold Dante Johnson is back on the practice squad and he's coming back from injury but right now he's no longer in the blue no contact jersey he is someone who the 49ers can, you know, look to plug and play at safety on Sunday. I don't know if it happens. We'll we'll have to wait and see, but he's definitely an option for this team. Couple of couple other bits of news. The 49ers tried out a few guys for their practice squad, uh, and they signed a couple guys, right? So you might have heard about this. Tight end turned offensive lineman Leroy Watson. Uh, from UTSA. The 49ers signed him to the practice squad. Very interesting guy. He's a former 270-pound tight end who's now 300 pounds or more at tackle, right? So he has 35-inch arms. That's pretty impressive. So the 49ers pretty much just, you know, taking on a bit of a project, right? And Leroy Watson seeing if they can do anything interesting with him. Uh, The 49ers definitely love to have some guys who have experience in different positions and could somewhat play a hybrid role or, you know, do things like that. Jason Poe comes to mind, right? So Leroy Watson could be in that similar mold. Another guy that the 49ers signed to their practice squad was linebacker Buddy Johnson. And uh, you know what? They wanted to sign sign a running back to their practice squad as well. And that running back being Trey Sermon. Trey Sermon, however, he got picked up by the Eagles. So, uh, best of luck to Trey Sermon. I'm sure, you know, maybe he can make some contributions out there in Philadelphia, uh, wishing him the best. Uh, but since they didn't get Trey Sermon to the practice squad, the 49ers tried out uh, Baylor, former Baylor running back Abram Smith. So they had him in for a workout. Haven't heard anything about him being signed to the practice squad yet, but I would imagine that last practice squad spot that they have open they want to have it for running back because there aren't any running backs on the practice squad right now so stay tuned for that um yeah you know what let's talk about new jersey numbers because we need to be informed out there because on sunday there's going to be some new faces right and some new numbers so we want you guys to know who's going to be out there charvarius ward he changed his number to seven i believe it's like he was 35 i think during practice squad squad during training camp i should say and uh during the preseason so now he's number seven okay rocking the former colin kaepernick number seven uh will be charvarius ward on the defensive side of the ball 
Brock Purdy, we're not going to see him out on the field, at least hopefully not, right? Uh, but Brock Purdy is going to be number 13. Uh, Jordan Mason, he's going to be 24, rocking the Kobe number. I love that for him. And Danny Gray, he's going to be number six, uh, rocking his old number uh, from college. And Tyler Croft, he's going to be number 81. Blake Hans, who is one of the new uh, offensive linemen, the 49ers, if you recall, they claimed him off of waivers after the Browns cut him. He's going to be wearing number 61, okay? So look out for those guys. All right, you guys are blowing up the comments. Let's jump to these really quickly before I move on. And you guys are – oh, you guys are giving score predictions. Summer snowstorm in Chicago. Hey, I saw that it's going to rain in Chicago – for the game. So that makes things interesting, right? I mean, who do you think that gives the advantage to? Does that give the advantage to the 49ers or the bears? Regardless, I think we see a lot of, uh, running in this game. What do you guys think? Let me know in the comments. All right. Yeah. You guys are talking about some of the players who you think the 49ers are talking extensions with hopefully Jimmy Ward. I think Bosa waits until next year. Uh, that's what Jason L said. Yeah, totally. Uh, they could wait on Nick Bosa, but at the same time, I mean, you want to get those discussions started early, right? Uh, there's going to be a lot to chip away out there. Uh, Jason also says, hopefully Mosley and Aziz as well. Mosley, he was on a two-year contract. Is he on a two-year contract? They could still extend him, though. I mean, even though he's on a two-year, um, they could start those conversations early. But, yeah, there, I mean, there's a number of different players that the 49ers can can look to keep around. Uh, I know you said – so David here says, take care of the Captain Ward first, then Bosa. I like that. It's not a bad idea. Jason Ells asks, what's your take on them not having a single running back on the practice squad? Definitely is somewhat of a concern, especially, you know, given how quickly the 49ers run through their running backs in, in regards to like injuries There always seems to be injuries in the running back room. So you definitely want to have someone on the practice squad you can bring up whenever you need. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I would assume they have one practice squad spot left. I would assume they're holding that for a running back. So I'm not too worried about it. They'll, they'll get to it. Um, uh, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens there. Keith says, Dante Johnson and Jordan Matthews are going to be with Niners when zombie apocalypse happens. <laughs> yeah, they're 49ers for life for whatever reason. The 49ers just can't quit those guys. Um, Gennaro says, Marlon Mack was dropped. Let's go get him on the practice squad. Dude, Marlon, wasn't Marlon... I thought Marlon Mack ended up on a practice squad. I think he, I think he got signed to a practice squad, if I'm not mistaken. Can't look it up right now, but uh, yeah, I would love Marlon Mack though if he's not already been uh, swooped. Yeah, we don't have any running backs on the practice squad. Yeah, num Joey says number seven is going to be hard on the field. Yeah, absolutely. I'm excited to see number seven back on the field. Uh, for the 49ers, it'll be a little weird, right? Because when you think number seven, you think Colin Kaepernick. But uh, Traverius Ward, I think he's deserving of that, and we'll see what he looks like out there. Callie Young says, Steph, five days away, faithful. Steph, who are we starting at uh, uh, safety in replace of J-Dub? Um, so I would... I, I'm not sure, uh, and that was actually part of the discussion today. Uh, Tolano Hufanga obviously will be the strong safety, and 
who they have at free safety. I, I really don't know. Like I said, Dante Johnson could be someone that they they bring up. Uh, George Odom could be someone that they have out there uh, as well as Tarverius Moore. So they have options. I don't think they're going to make that announcement, you know, sooner than they need to, right? But it will definitely be interesting to see who's going to be out there next to Telenol Hufunka uh, on Sunday. It'll it'll definitely be interesting. Um, Telenol Hufunga is now number 30, says David. Does anyone know what Odom's new number will be? Uh, that is a good question. I feel like I had that written down somewhere but maybe someone in the comments could could help us out uh while i continue on here we'll let you know in the comments david if anyone knows george odom's new number uh let's try to answer that really quickly jason says he thinks george odom will start over more but they will swap them in and out yes i think that it's more likely that they might do a like they might try both of those guys in those spots and just kind of see who has the hotter hand and then just stick with whoever that is. Um, because you know, those guys have different strengths. Tarverius Moore, I know a lot of people were excited about more, but you know, during the preseason, there were some moments where he did struggle. So, you know, it's given. I know it's getting some fans some pause on whether he should be out there, and I have to wonder if the 49ers feel the same way. So I think George Odom is prob probably your safer option. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see what they say. I definitely have no idea what they're going to do there. Uh, what happened to my overlay? Here we go. All right. So let's talk about this matchup, though, from the defensive side of the ball. All right. If I can find my find my notes over here. So um, when I think about this matchup from the defensive side of the ball, you guys probably think the same thing as me, right? You think about the 49ers, very good, very dominant defensive line going against the Bears putrid offensive line, right? Like that's our perception of the Bears offensive line is that they're terrible. Interesting enough though, ESPN ranked the Bears offensive line as the 11th best in the league. And this is a projection, by the way, a projection uh, for the new year. So not based on last season. ESPN ranked uh, the Bears offensive line as the 11th best. Now, I want to show you guys just how differently this group is going to look for the Bears out there. So they did make a lot of changes to their offensive line in hopes that it's going to be better than last year. So last year... In week eight, when the 49ers played the Bears, the, the Bears had left tackle Jason Peters, left guard Cody Whitehair, center Sam Mustafer, great name, uh, right guard James Daniels, and right tackle Larry Borum. If you look at their projected week one starters, they have a lot of new faces. So Cody Whitehair, he's still there at left guard. Larry Borum is still there at right tackle but all the other guys are new starters. Sounds familiar, right? The 49ers kind of have a lot of new starters there too. Um, but they even have a rookie, okay? So their fifth-round pick this year, Braxton Jones, he's the projected starter at left tackle for the Bears for week one. Like I said, Cody Whitehair, he's still there. And at center, they have a new starter in Lucas Patrick. Um, he's a veteran. 
And uh, at right guard, they're going to have Tevin Jenkins, second-year player for the Bears. So a lot of new faces. And what the Bears hope is that this is a better, um, you know, offensive line than it was last year, right? So uh, it, it'll be it'll be interesting to see if these new, mo- most of them younger faces, uh, how they fare going up against you know, Nick Bosa and Javon Kinlaw and things like that. So let's talk about Nick Bosa, first of all, and who he's going to be matching up with here. So let me see here. Yeah, Bosa in 2021 in week eight, he had six total pressures, two sacks, and three tackles for loss. Um, And some of that was against Larry Borum. So Larry Borum gave up two pressures, a hurry and a sack. Um, and I believe that sack is Nick Bosa's sack. So uh, that's what Larry Borum gave up. And as you guys see, Larry Borum is projected to start once again. So he's going to see his fair share of Nick Bosa, as well as Braxton Jones, who I mentioned is the rookie for the Bears. So, and you guys recall, Nick Bosa said he's going to be rushing from both sides of the line. He's going to make it a point. So both Braxton Jones and Larry Borum are going to see Nick Bosa out there. Now, I, I know the 40, I mean, the Bears, they feel really good about Braxton Jones. You have to feel good about a rookie if you're starting him in week one, right? For your offensive line. Like that's no that that's a really big uh you know, job that you're handing a rookie and that doesn't happen very often. So if it does happen, it's because the team, you know, really believes in that guy. Uh, so the four, uh, the bears have been blown away by the fifth round pick Braxton Jones and how quickly he has developed, but he is going to be going against one of the best defensive ends in the league right now in Nick Bosa, one of the best pass rushers. And so how he does in this game is going to, it's, it's kind of, it, it might be one of the deciding factors in this game and how Justin Fields fares against the 49ers defense. Now we're going to see a lot of Eric Armstead going against Tevin Jenkins. Um, and we'll see Javon Kinlaw going against, uh, you know, at times he'll go against Lucas Patrick, uh, Tevin Jenkins, and, you know, he'll he'll go against uh, Whitehair as well. So if you guys recall, week eight last year, uh, Javon Kinlaw had actually been placed on IR, like right before that game. So he didn't play in that week eight game versus the Bears. So it was DJ Jones who was out there at defensive tackle for the 49ers. Um, I will say, Lucas Patrick, he's a much better run blocker than pass blocker you know, take that for what it's worth. Like I said, if it rains, this is going to be a run heavy uh, plan of attack for both teams. So, you know, that could fare well for Lucas Patrick. Patrick was ranked third in running back win rate among centers last season with the Packers. And uh, the 49ers did actually see Lucas Patrick in the playoff game against Packers last season. Okay. So, but what was interesting is that Lucas Patrick didn't play center that game. He played at right guard and he played terribly, but I'm not going to judge him off of that because he was playing a different position than his usual, usual center position. So uh, I don't know. I'm not going to really judge him off of that too much, but yeah, I mean, I, I think 
The Bears have made a concerted effort to improve their offensive line. And right off the bat, they're going to be tested uh, by this 49ers defensive line. Um, And I've mentioned Nick Bosa. I mentioned Eric Armstead, Javon Kinlaw, right? But And and Samson Ebukam as well. I I didn't mention him, but uh, Nick Bosa and Samson Ebukam are going to go against Braxton Jones and Larry Bourne. What I didn't mention is the fact that, you know, as we know, the 49ers defense does rotate their defensive line players out quite a bit. Um, and so we're going to see some new guys out there. Um, and what some of the, those guys are going to look like, uh, it, it'll be interesting to see. So I'm expecting a g- big game out of Nick Bosa. We all know he's been talking about 20-piece. He wants to get a 20-sack season. Them just based on how he looks, based on you know how he's been preparing for the season, I have to imagine he's going to get that twenty piece. Especially there's one extra game in the season this year, uh, so good chances Nick Bosa gets that. But it's going to start with this game, right? As I mentioned last season, week eight he had two sacks against the Bears. How many do you guys think Nick Bosa is going to have in this game? Let me know in the comments, and uh, I'll move on to the next uh, position group here and what that matchup may look like. So the Bears' run game doesn't look different from the depth chart standpoint, right? They still have David Montgomery and they still have Khalil Herbert. But the 49ers didn't face David Montgomery last season. He was dealing with an injury um, in that week eight game. So there are some differences there. David Montgomery, obviously a bigger threat than Khalil Herbert. Although Khalil Herbert actually, like their run game was actually having a lot of success, especially in that first half of the week eight game. Uh, You know, the, the Bears were running screens and... You know, you add in the threat of Justin Fields and the zone read and kind of had the 49ers defense off balance a little bit to start that game. They settled in in that second half, but this is something that is going to be important for the 49ers to not, uh, you know, not do again in this game. They have to be on top of their game when it comes to defending the Bears uh, run game. And I think they have the pieces to do it, right? I think at times last year, if you guys recall, Fred Warner, it took him, you know, the first half of the season, kind of everyone was just not on their A game, uh, Fred Warner included. You know, even Fred Warner admitted to that. And so this this year, week one, I think these guys are ready um, I hope I'm not, I'm just not being biased, but I feel like Fred Warner, he's going to have a good game as well. You think about the fact that last season, week eight, it was Fred Warner, no Aziz Alshair, no Dre Greenlaw. It was Fred Warner, uh, Demetrius Flanagan Fowles, and Marcel Harris playing linebacker in week eight. So that maybe could have contributed to the 49ers defense not looking uh, as good defending the run in that first half. I don't know, uh, but definitely could have been a contributing factor. And I think the 49ers are better equipped to handle the um, Bears, uh, you know, run game. But at the same time, it, it's going to require a lot of, you know, discipline and uh, awareness for what they do. 
Jason here says Montgomery is more power than speed. Kinlaw should be able to stop him. Yeah, I do have high hopes for Javon Kinlaw. I think he's looked great, um, you know, this preseason and throughout training camp. He looks ready to go. So I'm excited for him to be out there. And the 49ers, they want Javon Kinlaw to be a run-stuffing guy, right? Like they want him to clog up the middle of the line to absorb the uh, double teams and things like that. So I think he will be that guy sooner than later for the 49ers, and that will open things up for for everyone else on this defensive line. So definitely feel good about Javon Kinlaw in this game. And uh, let's see. Todd, he is predicting two and a half sacks for Bosa in week one. I like that, Todd. That's a good prediction right there. Um, Let's see. Gennaro says, rumors in Bears camp is Jenkins is still having problems with holding. So Tevin Jenkins, as we mentioned, he's a second-year player for the Bears. Um, He's a projected starter in week one. Uh, As Gennaro says, he's having problems with holding. So... Something to keep an eye on in this week one game. Like I said, this Bears offensive line, they have high hopes for, you know, the additions that they've made or the changes that they've made to it. But they're going to be thrown into the water, thrown into the fire, I should say. And they're going to have a very tough matchup in the 49ers defensive line right off the bat. So we're going to see if Tevin Jenkins, you know, holds up. And if he doesn't hold out there holds up. I didn't even mean that ironically. Sorry. Um, but yeah, I mean, something to keep an eye on if he holds on to some of our defensive linemen, uh, David said that rookie is about to get his first taste of NFL caliber talent with Nick Bosa, not just NFL caliber talent, because anyone who's on a NFL roster, you can argue is NFL caliber talent, right? Nick Bosa is not just NFL caliber. He's like future, Hall of Fame talent, right? So, yes, that's going to be tough for the rookie, and we'll see how he does. I mean, like I said, the Bears feel good about him, but he's going to have a very, very tough go at week one. So, I don't, he might be a fine starter, you know, eventually, right? But I don't know if it's going to be in this week one game. And as a 49ers fan, I sure hope not, right? I hope Nick Boza has an amazing game. All right. Jason asks, who are the Bears going to double team? Whoever they do, the other guys are going to dominate. It's a lose-lose for the Bears. Exactly. In the question of who do the Bears double team, I think I think the low-hanging fruit for double teams is Nick Bosa, right? A lot of attention is going to go towards Nick Bosa. But I think they're going to find rather quickly that guys like Javon Kinlaw, um, are going to demand that extra attention as well. So to your point, Jason, yeah, it's a pick your poison kind of thing uh, with this defensive line and, you know, putting more attention on one guy is going to open things up for another guy and it kind of snowballs from there. Right. So um, definitely interesting. Uh, Cleo says, I still miss DJ Jones. Yeah, we all do. DJ Jones was amazing. He was a run stuffer. In fact, he had a really, believe he had a pretty good game in in this game yep he hold on i'm gonna share with you guys really quickly so if you guys look at let me clean this up for you guys oh my gosh sorry here we go move the comment oh my god okay here we go 
So if you look at, let me zoom in. So these are the run defense grades, right, for week eight last season against the Bears. DJ Jones had, he scored the best. And I, I also want to say that PFF is by no means end all be all and, you know, how we should, you know, think about uh, weekly performance. But more often than not, it does give you a good idea. So G- DJ Jones and Jimmy Ward uh, had some really good run defending grades in that week eight game. And interesting enough, the top three guys on this list aren't with the team anymore. Well, they aren't going to be playing in this week one game. Jimmy Ward is on short-term IR. DJ Jones and Contavious Street are no longer on the team. So the 49ers are going to have to find other players on this defense who are going to step up and, you know, be those run defenders. Fred Warner, as I said, like he, we expect Fred Warner to have a good game every game. Kwan Williams, also no longer with the team. Samuel Womack is going to have to fill in those shoes. Kwan Williams, when I rewatched this game, Kwan Williams made a lot of great plays in the run game. And uh, yeah, Samuel Womack does have some big shoes to fill. Based on what we saw in the preseason, we have to feel good about him being able to do that effectively. And we're hoping in this week one game, he's able to build off of that momentum that he had uh, in the preseason. Uh, so really excited about that. But yeah, I mean, I miss DJ Jones too, for sure, you know, made an impact in that week eight game. And we hope that Javon Kinlaw will have a similar impact in this week one game coming up. Kelly says our wide nine scheme is vulnerable at times to runs up the gut. Hope Kinlaw is ready to ball. Um, yeah, I mean, like I said, Javon Kinlaw has big shoes of fill for DJ Jones as well, who was a big run stuffer, um, you know, for that defensive line. So, uh, but I feel good about Kinlaw being that guy. He looked very aggressive, you know, in the preseason when he did play out there and, you know, throughout training camp. So I, I feel good about what he can bring, but yeah, they're going to have to be on this, on their A game when it comes to the bears run game. Everyone thinks the bears are, Terrible, but let's also remember that anything can happen any given Sunday. If a team is not on their A game, there's a chance they can lose the game. So the 49ers on paper, obviously the better roster, you know, top to bottom, but they have to play their game. They have to do everything that we know they can do, right? So, um, hey, Jason says there are 10 loose liked out of their peeps. Smash that like button and show your support for the legend, Steph. Appreciate it, Jason. Yeah, we're trying to get to 35 likes on this video, so make sure you like this video if you have not already. Let's go, people. I appreciate you guys. And by the way, if you guys didn't know already, I am going to be announcing a new giveaway at the end of this live stream, so make sure that you keep it locked right here. All right, let's talk about the next matchup here. So the Bears' wide receivers are drastically different now than they were in that Week 8 matchup. Let's take a look. So we have uh, we have here – yeah, this is better. Okay. So in Week 8, it was Allen Robinson, good receiver, but never seemed to quite, you know, click, uh, you know, in Chicago with the – new regime, new offense uh, with Justin Fields, kind of just, I don't know. It seemed like Allen Robinson didn't really like want to be there and combination of that and the bears not really knowing how to use him or maximize him. So 
Allen Robinson was there, but definitely uh, I think he'll probably have a bigger impact with the Rams. Um, and then the wide receiver two in week eight was Darnell Mooney. And their third receiver was Marquise Goodwin. So, I mean, even last year in week eight, this isn't the best receiving core, obviously, right? But you can argue that it got worse um, this offseason for the Bears. They now have Darnell Mooney, which Darnell Mooney, actually, I I think he's a great uh, player, and I, I have him on a couple fantasy teams as well. I think he's going to have a good year. Um, working as a wide receiver one for this Bears team. I think he's he's ready to take on that bigger workload. And he looked good in that week eight game against the Niners. Uh, actually, like Emmanuel Mosley had a pretty bad game by his standards in week eight. I know we just finished looking at uh, the run. Was it the – let me see. Hold on. I'll pull up the, the PFF grades because uh, – let's see. Yeah, looking here. So if you look at the run defense grades, Emmanuel Mosley, he was number six, right? So he did great on run defense. But when it came to, um, you know, defending the pass, not as great. So let's see. Let's look at coverage. So Emmanuel Mosley was actually last on the list. He had a 30.6 coverage grade from PFF in that week eight game. I hope you guys can see that. Yeah, you guys can see that, right? So, um, and so Darnell Mooney was kind of giving him fits. Uh, I don't know what side Darnell Mooney normally uh, lines up. If he, you know, lines up on both sides of the ball, then uh, he'll see a lot of 49ers Mooney, Charvarius Ward, and he'll see a lot of Emmanuel Mosley maybe if he, he plays on the uh, right side. But, I would be a little worried about Manny Mosley going up against uh, Darnell Mooney just because seeing what, you know, Emmanuel Mosley looked like in week eight. But who knows? Maybe it could have just been a one-off performance. Um, but let's continue looking at the list here. So Darnell Mooney, the Bears' new wide receiver one. Then they added uh, Byron Pringle. He's a new starter for this team. He's projected to be the outside wide receiver Um you know, opposite Mooney Pringle, former chiefs player didn't really do anything with the chiefs with Patrick Mahomes as a quarterback. So why should I imagine that he's gonna, you know, have a huge impact with the bears? Certainly. I mean, volume and targets are going to be on his side. Right. But that doesn't always equate to, you know, being an impact player. So I am not, I don't know how I feel about Byron Pringle. I am not threatened by him. And I'd feel good if Emmanuel Mosley was going against Pringle. I would uh, prefer Charverius Ward cover Darnell Mooney. Now, the third wide receiver, I I honestly don't know. They drafted Velas Jones Jr. Uh, in this year's draft. And he's definitely an option to be the third wide receiver. But are they really going to give him that many snaps in you know week one? I don't know. They have uh, Equanimous St. Brown, uh, one of the newer additions. I believe he was on the Steelers last year. So he's a candidate to, you know, get some snaps as the third wide receiver, maybe out of the slot. Um, and they also have Dante Pettis, who Dante Pettis made the Bears 53-man roster. He looked good in some preseason action. Uh, but I don't 
foresee him getting a lot of playing time in this game, but who knows? Maybe they have something up their sleeve. They, you know, want to set him up for a revenge game. You know, maybe have they have a touchdown play, you know, drawn up for him. I, I don't know. Uh, but I didn't include him here because I don't imagine that he's going to be uh, the third wide receiver for the Bears. Um, so definitely between Vellis Jones Jr. and St. Brown uh, for them. So, yeah. A lot of new faces for uh, the Bears wide receiver unit. And the 49ers cornerback unit got a facelift as well. I mean, I mentioned the fact that uh, the 49ers have added Charvarius Ward, who we feel really good about. 2021 Week 8 game is Emmanuel Mosley, Josh Norman, and Kwan Williams. Kwan Williams, like I said, he had a good game. Josh Norman... Coverage, not so much. He got he got two fumbles. Um, he, he forced two fumbles, which you know we always appreciate. But it's it's Josh Norman, okay? It's it, he. Sh- yeah, I'm just gonna leave it at that. We feel a lot better about what the 49ers cornerbacks look like now with Mosley, Charvarius Ward, and Samuel Womack, who figures to be the starter at slot. He doesn't figure he's going to be the starter at slot. Um, so yeah, like I said, K1 Williams, he made a bunch of nice run stops in that week eight game. Samuel Womack, he's going to have some big shoes to fill, but he looks ready to do that. Um, and like I said, week eight last year was by far Mosley's worst game of the season. I checked. It, it was his worst game of the season. Uh, so hopefully he doesn't repeat that type of performance. I don't think he will. And and I think having a solid defensive line in front of him and having Trivarius Ward on opposite of him, I think that helps Emmanuel Mosley out a ton as well. So I think this cornerback group is set up for success, especially in this week one game. And I'm excited for the Mooney versus Mooney um, matchup that we are bound to see, right? All right, let's talk about the 49ers linebackers. I mentioned already, week eight, it was Fred Warner, Flanagan Fowles, and Marcel Harris. On what on what planet? Like, that's it's serviceable. It's serviceable for sure. Um, and I like DFF. Marcel Harris, he flashed here and there, but it's not it's not our usual Warner, Aziz, Greenlaw, you know, starters at, at linebacker, right? So definitely a drop off there. Week one, we, we're we definitely going to see Fred Warner. We're definitely going to see Aziz, and we're definitely going to see Dre Greenlaw. Although, interesting enough, Dre Greenlaw is wearing a no-contact jersey as of yesterday. Uh, not sure why. Um, but hopefully he is good to go for week one. Uh, Fred Warner in, in week eight, I mean, he had a great game. He broke, broke up a pass to Cole Komet in the end zone. And so I think that this uh, this linebacker group is ready to go up against, uh, you know, the Bears tight end, Cole Komet. He's solid, Komet is. But, I mean, I feel really good about the 49ers linebackers. Fred Warner had one sack as well in that Week 8 game. So solid performance from him. And I would expect another solid performance from Aziz and Greenlaw um, if they're out there. Uh, in this game. 
So I, I feel really good about the linebackers. And like I said, I feel really good about 49ers being able to defend the run better in this game than they did in uh, week eight of last year. That is if, you know, they don't, the bears don't pull out some, you know, magic tricks out on them and, you know, give them something that they haven't shown on tape before, which is entirely impossible. And that's the allure of week one, right? Any team can go out and do something that they've never shown on film before. And yeah, it could just kind of take teams by surprise. So that that's the one, you know, unknown factor of week one and always take, previous matchups with a grain of salt because it's not necessarily always going to be the same results or the same game. Uh, So even though these two teams saw each other in week eight of last season, it doesn't feel like that long ago. Right. But a lot is different. As I mentioned, a lot of new faces on both sides of the ball um, for the 49ers and the bears uh, going into this week one game. So it could be an entirely different game. We don't know. Let's talk about the safeties really quick. So tell them who Funga and who. Okay, that's the question. We don't know who. Last year, it was Hufunga, Jimmy Ward, and Tavon Wilson, who got some snaps in there as well. Uh, look, the 49ers are going to miss Jimmy Ward. He had a really good game against the Bears in Week 8. And tell them who Funga, we're all excited about him. He has looked good, um, you know, leading up to Week 1. But he's going to have to show that he's matured, right? Because... I think the challenge that the Bears, you know, give you, especially with the threat of Justin Fields and him being able to run, uh, is that you have to have really good recognition and discipline. Um, you can't bite too hard on on something, and you're basically taking yourself out of the play when you do that. So Hufunga has to be, you know, very sound in his recognition, again, in his discipline uh you know, defending the the zone read that the Bears are going to um, run, you know, with Justin Fields and their running backs in this game. Let's talk about let's talk about Justin Fields. Okay. I haven't talked about him quite enough yet. And yeah, saving the best for last, right? So it's been reported that Justin Fields holds a grudge against the 49ers for passing on him. Do you blame him? I mean, I, I, I would too. I, I thought the 49ers were going to draft Justin Fields at 1.2. So he was probably getting those same vibes, that same feeling. Um, and I think that made it a little extra personal for Justin Fields. And I don't care what anyone says. Justin Fields played a good game versus the 49ers in last season's week eight. Um, so he did turn it up for the 49ers. Um, he was running left and right. He was giving them issues, especially in that first half. Like I mentioned, he was effective on play action. Escaping the pocket is huge for him. And that's the challenge for this defensive line, right? Because you could collapse the pocket, but when you're going up against a quarterback who has a good feel for the pocket and who understands like his, his uh, escaping lanes, then, you know, no matter what you do, no matter what pressures you get, you know, someone like Justin Fields could still make a big play out of it. Uh, so it's something the 49ers have to be careful with. Um, you know, when you're collapsing the pocket, try not to leave, you know, open lanes and things like that, which is always a challenge. 
Um, and so I, I expect Justin Fields to have a lot of success with that, much like, you know, Russell Wilson had with the 49ers. And hey, it's not so much a 49ers suck at defending this thing, okay? Because it's not. A lot of defenses struggle with defending the the threat of the run from a quarterback who, you know, is is very athletic and can make plays with their legs like Justin Fields. And so he was having a a really good game in that week eight game last year. And the 49ers have to limit that from Justin Fields as much as they can this game. Look, Fields is going to get his, okay? It's just the advantage that he has when, you know, he can make plays with his legs. He can extend plays. Um, And there was one play actually that stood out the most to me in that week eight game was it was a fourth and one. And he rushed for a, a touchdown. It was in the fourth quarter. And he pretty much more than once, actually, in, in that week eight game, he, like, ran through, like, all of the 49ers defense. So, um, yeah, it, it's going to be a challenge for sure for this defense. But like I said, it's going to be a lot about the 49ers discipline in how they, you know, defend the zone read and, you know, keep Justin Fields in check, keep Justin Fields in the pocket, I think is one of the biggest keys to this game for this 49ers defense. Uh, in week eight, Justin Fields finished 19 of 27, 175 passing yards. He had a touchdown. He had an interception. He had 103 yards rushing, one rushing touchdown, two fumbles. Again, both forced by Josh Norman. Um, and, yeah, I mean – like I said, 103 rushing yards, that's running back numbers right there. And a rushing touchdown, like I said, that one that he scored on fourth and one in the fourth quarter. So he's, he's a huge threat uh, with the ball in his hands. And that's something that the 49ers have to account for on every single play. So, yeah, I mean, that's, that's kind of how I see this matchup going. I think, like I said, the 49ers have the better roster they have the better defense in comparison to the bears offense here and so they should beat the bears pretty handily they just have to play their game and they have to do it well they can't get caught up in you know making mistakes in having you know slow recognition um they need to be very disciplined in how they defend the bears run game and if they do those things i think Everything will will work out well in the Bears, sorry, in the 49ers' favor. Um, and as I also mentioned, with the weather potentially being a factor, with it being a uh, rainy game, possibly, that I think, honestly, I think that favors the 49ers' defense because I, I think that if the 49ers are really good if a team is one-dimensional, whether that be if, if the 49ers defense can force a team to just be pass-heavy, you know, they're going to lock that down. If a team is just run-heavy, they're going to lock that down. You know, it's the balanced approach and balanced success that, you know, forces teams or defenses to struggle a little bit. But I think if it's going to be a run-heavy game, like I said, I think that favors the 49ers defense. And I'm predicting 
I'm predicting two sacks once again for Nick Bosa. I think uh, Eric Armstead gets a sack in this one as well. Yeah, let's let's say that. Um, all right. Let's look at some of these comments really quick before we move on. Kelly says, wasn't Mosley coming off an injury last season for Chicago? I'm not worried about E-Man. He wants a huge contract. Yeah, I mean, that's a good point. He might have been, actually. I don't I don't quite remember. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, he could have been coming off an injury, and that definitely would have, uh, you know, impacted his effectiveness in that game. Although it doesn't look like he he was if you look at so this is mosley's weekly weekly grades so he played three four five he didn't play week six uh but he played in week seven he had a much better game in week seven and like i said week eight was just by far his like worst game of the season so um no he he didn't just come back from an injury on that one um but yeah, I'm not worried about Mosley either. I think he's going to have a better game in this one than he did uh, in week eight. He has to, right? I mean, like I said, he had his worst game last season. I, I can't, I can't imagine him having ha- the week one being his worst game of the season again, right? Like that can't happen. So I also feel good about Mosley and I feel good about these corners going into this week one matchup. And like I said, Rain or shine, I think the 49ers are going to force the Bears into a one-dimensional situation where they're going to be forced to, you know, run the ball because they can't really get a pass game going because I think Charverius Ward and Emmanuel Mosley are going to lock that down. Now, I'm still a little question uh, questionable about the safeties, right? We don't know who's going to be out there, um, and that could potentially – you know, there could be some leaks there that open th- some things up for the Bears, um, but I feel good about the corners. Yeah. Todd says, I have a feeling on both sides these quarterbacks may get some calls, but that should not be called. I really hope we aren't sitting here talking refs on Monday. Ooh, yeah. I mean, week one, I feel like week one, it's like a, it's when refs try to assert their dominance a little bit. Like they, they try to assert like what, what they want, you know, teams to really like stop doing and things like that. So it could, it could get crazy, crazy. I hope it doesn't. Um, but yeah, I mean, hopefully that's not the case. Yeah. Callie says no Josh Norman out there this year. Yeah. That already is a good thing for the 49ers. Right. Callie says, I'm scared of Dante Pettis. Whew, he might bring out the little, little cat celebration. I don't know. They they might try to do something cute and try to do a little uh, touchdown play for Dante Pettis. It wouldn't surprise me at all. Dante Pettis, revenge game. Fear it. Um, <laughs> Todd says, concerned if it rains that Mitchell might get hurt in that weather. I think they need to hold him back if it is wet. Well, Todd, to be fair, it's week one. I don't think you hold anyone back. Um and certainly not in games that matter, right? Which all of these games matter at this point. You're going to have your running back one out there regardless. Um, now, if the score gets out of hand where the 49ers are like are up by a lot, then sure. I mean, you know, maybe give Mos- uh, Mitchell some rest. But uh, no, Mitchell's going to be out there. And I think that he's going to get a large workload in this one with – some Jeff Wilson Jr. sprinkled in as well. Now, 
on the topic of potentially getting hurt, last I saw, Soldier Field was like in terrible condition. And you add the fact that, you know, it might rain. I hope that this field is not shit. Like, I, I hope this field is okay and none of our guys get hurt. Um, because if any of our guys get hurt, I'm suing. <laughs> um, I'm kidding. But, yeah, no, definitely don't want that to happen, right? So, but that's literally a risk in every game, right? Someone could get hurt in every game. And you don't hold someone back um, in games that matter and plays that matter, uh, you know, when wins are on the line, right? All right, so... I mentioned that, look, that's a preview of the Bears and the 49ers defense. Now I'm going to move on to some other segments. Uh, Like I mentioned, if you guys have been following 49 Carrots podcast for quite a while, you know about all the segments. The one I'm going to do right now is the Twitter tizzy. So the Twitter tizzy, you guys know if you, you guys have Twitter, you guys know that it gets absolutely insane on there. It's a little toxic, you know. Uh, there's always uh, an argument happening. What I saw in this last week is that the outside media is already running absolutely wild with Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo, and they're putting out content. They're putting out clickbait. Every article has one of their names in it. It's like, it's ridiculous. At the same time, fans, 49er fans, have a hand in these things blowing up in what what you guys share and what you guys choose to retweet, quote tweet, you know, comment on, you are giving that engagement and you are giving that attention. And so if you think that it's whack that the outside media is like talking about Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo and trying to make something out of nothing and making drama, don't engage. I know it's hard. I know it's hard because you want to be like, look at look at this idiot talking about, you know, this, but they're doing it on purpose. It's calculated. They know they get clicks talking about the 49ers, especially in this quarterback situation. So just don't engage. That's all I'm going to say about the Twitter tizzy. We don't need to talk about it any further. It's already a headache. Look, I want to talk about cap or no cap. This is one of my favorite segments. Okay. And so for those of you who are unfamiliar with cap or no cap and what that means. So when someone says cap, because they think something you're saying is not true, okay? When they say no cap, they agree with you 100%, all right? So cap or no cap, do the 49ers make an in-season change at quarterback less than halfway through the season? This cap or no cap was inspired by Peter King's prediction, by the way. Peter King says that he thinks the 49ers make an in-season change at quarterback less than halfway through the season. All right, so I ask you guys, cap or no cap, do you think this happens? Let me know in the comments. I'll tell you what I think. I think this is absolute cap. I think Trey Lance is going to have a large, uh, a long leash this season, just like with uh, the 49ers had with Jimmy Garoppolo last season. You know, we were all waiting. When when are they going to put Trey Lance in? This year, same situation opposite right I mean I think Trey Lance is going to have a long leash I think they're gonna let him make his mistakes so long as it doesn't you know impact the 49ers ability to win uh which it shouldn't right because this team is so stacked everywhere else they have an excellent defense and so they really shouldn't lose 
many games, if any, because of Trey Lance solely, right? So that's the question I want to ask you guys. Cap or no cap? Do the 49ers make an in-season change? So if you say no cap, it means that you think that they will make an in-season change. You think that they go to Jimmy Garoppolo uh, halfway through the season or less than halfway through the season. Callie says no cap. He thinks Jimmy Garoppolo is going to be uh, the quarterback here soon. Jason says cap. Oh, Callie said no, I met cap. Yeah, okay. I was about to say, I was like, mm, questionable. Uh, but no, I, I'll let you guys choose whatever you guys want. Uh, Todd says cap as well. Yeah, I, I agree. I think it's cap. And for the reasons I mentioned, I think Trey Lance is going to have a long leash. And it would be absolute malpractice if, because I've seen a lot of people say, I think they're just going to give Trey Lance these first two games. And if he loses any one of these two games, they're going to go to Jimmy Garoppolo. And that would be absolute malpractice if they did that. How are you going to draft a quarterback as high as you did, invest so much in him, and then only let him be your starter, your like unquestioned starter, not injury-related starter, um, for two games, and then say, ah, oh, that's it. We don't trust you. Like, how are you going to say that? You can't do that. Um, and so I, I don't expect the 49ers to do that. I think they are all in on Trey Lance and Jimmy Garoppolo was just, it was something that fell into their lap being able to keep, uh, you know, Jimmy. So I think he's just there. He's there for support until he gets traded. Jimmy Garoppolo is. So it's a weird situation, but I think the, the keys are in Trey Lance's hands and it's up to him. Um, and I, I think cap, they are not going to make an in-season change at QB. That's in halfway through the season. That's absolutely ridiculous. All right. All right. We'll, we'll do more of the cap or no caps in other episodes. I hope you guys liked that segment. Um, now, for the fun stuff, for all you guys that stayed to the end of this episode, I appreciate it so much. Um, now the good stuff. I'm going to be announcing. Oh, wait. What did I put here? Oh, yeah. I meant to put that one earlier. Okay. I'm announcing the uh, 49 Carats podcast um, new giveaway. Look, I told you guys that I was going to do a giveaway for a Debo Samuel-related item after he signed his extension. That happened quite a while ago now. You know, tra training camp happened, and then I was very busy, and so now finally getting around to it. I have a Debo Samuel signed jersey. I actually have it right over here. Hold on. It's noisy because it's in, in some protective bag, but it's right over here. You see it's a uh, PSA um, authenticated. And so this is a jersey that any of you guys can win. The only thing you have to do is be subscribed to the channel, which I know a lot of you are already. Appreciate that. And two, you have to reply with a screenshot of your sub. So literally just now I, uh, I shared this tweet to my Twitter account. And if you guys don't know my Twitter, it is one second. It is 49 carats podcast or sorry, Steph 49 K. That is my Twitter account, Steph 49 K. And so if you go to my Twitter, I'm going to pin this to my profile. You are going to respond with a screenshot showing proof that you are subscribed to this tweet. Okay. Send it to this tweet. And that is how you are entered. You get one entry 
for uh, doing that. But there are opportunities for extra entries. And I'm only telling you guys right here, right now, okay? If you retweet that tweet, if you retweet this as well as doing the bare minimum of subscribing and sending me the screenshot, if you also retweet it, you get an extra entry, all right? Um, there are other opportunities for extra entry, though. If tomorrow when I go on live, if you drop your Twitter at in the comments, in the live stream comments, you get another extra entry. Thursday, if I go on live, you drop your Twitter at in the comments, you get another extra entry. So you guys are going to want to join these live streams and be active in the comments. Let me know where your Twitter at is so I can write down how many entries you're going to get, right? So um, make sure that you guys not only enter, but take advantage of those extra entries and you give yourself a bigger chance to win the Debo Samuel signed jersey, all right? The um, contest ends uh, next week after the um, the... 49ers Bears review live stream, okay? That's when I will announce the winner. Um, look, guys, I appreciate you being on today and for watching, and I hope you guys uh, hope you guys like this episode. I'll be live again tomorrow, and tomorrow I'm going to be previewing the 49ers offense versus the Bears defense, so we'll talk about that. Later this week as well, I'm going to be having a Bears podcaster on with me to talk about um you know the matchup and what you guys can expect from both sides all right so appreciate it guys hope you have a good rest of your tuesday we are so close to game day peace make sure you subscribe make sure you like love you guys thank you